0: hi all and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of open house we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on -on one-on-one therapy we believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be if you love this episode today please do share on social media and tag us at open house life as well as tagging dr Tari and i now into the episode, and it's a juicy one. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast with me, your host, Louise Rumble, and my incredible co-host, Dr. Terry Mack, clinical psychologist and relationship expert. So today we are going to be discussing the shocking or maybe not so shocking news as we get into it later in this episode that M. Rata is divorcing her husband after rumours of infidelity. So as anyone knows that listens to this podcast often, we do not dig too much into the celebrity angle of the celeb episodes that we talk about. We really just use them as a vehicle to give us a real life example of situations that Dr. Terry sees in her clinical practice and basically just bringing help and advice to you guys listening in a way that you can really digest and understand. So a little bit of the backstory to Emrata and her husband, They got married very, very quickly. I believe that he was in a relationship, don't know how serious, maybe a marriage before her. So there may be some sort of interesting pointers there as to how quickly they jumped into this, maybe how quickly he jumped out of that. But I think the key point that we're gonna start this discussion with is everyone on TikTok and social media saying, Oh, my goodness. If this beautiful specimen of a woman can get cheated on, then there is no hope for any of us. And I think that it's just this really interesting belief that if you look like that, no one would ever do that to you, because they almost have you on a pedestal. So I've done a lot of reading before we have jumped into the planning of this episode, and there is so much literature out there, so many different things about infidelity, and also a lot of things that it's hard to put numbers and statistics on. I guess it's something that a lot of people also wouldn't admit to. So I think that today's episode is going to be a really helpful summary of what Dr. Terry sees in practice, what her thoughts are on all of this, understanding why people cheat, what cheating really is, and I know that there's lots of different things that it can be, and also how to avoid getting to a point in your relationship where cheating or infidelity might happen. I've also got lots to say on this. I am, well, no longer deeply ashamed, but I've been the cheat many times in my younger dating career. So again, no shame in this episode. We're not pointing fingers at anyone. We're just discussing a phenomenon that unfortunately, causes a lot of people a lot of pain. So I think Dr. Terry, my first question for you is, there are of course so many different reasons why people can cheat, and there is no one size fits all umbrella. But I read a 2020 study this morning that basically said there are eight key reasons for infidelity. And those are anger, self-esteem, lack of love, low commitment, neglect, sexual desire, a need for variety and just generally a situation or circumstance that someone finds themselves in. So what do you see most in practice and what do you think is what I guess one of the leading causes of infidelity? Well, first I wanna say
1: it's interesting that something they didn't include on that list is something that I see a lot, which is characterological attributes or personality traits. Like We talked about in episode 10, there are characteristics and traits of serial cheaters. So these people are going to cheat on their partners, no matter who the partner is or what the relationship is like. And we won't go over all of those. Again, people can go listen to episode 10, but some of those characteristics are signs of narcissism and sociopathy. And those include things like lack of empathy inconsistent behavior, lying or withholding the truth, lack of accountability, not taking responsibility for their actions, and they've cheated before. So I just want to say that all the things on that list are true, but there's one that was missing. And if you're with a serial cheater,
0: they don't need a reason to cheat. (laughs) They're going to do it to gratify themselves oh, wow, that's really interesting. And it actually brings me to my second point, which we got to quicker than I was expecting, which is that I read this article where someone had put together the formula of cheating, which I think is really fascinating because cheating is so complex in my mind because it's different for every single relationship. But what this guy called Mark Manson said was that cheating equals when one's need for self-gratification and pleasure outweighs their need for intimacy. And I thought what was so interesting as I was reading about this was kind of that understanding of short-term pleasure versus long-term gain. So one of the examples that he used is self-gratification or short-term pleasure would be eating chocolate cake for breakfast every day and having ice cream for lunch every day, doing something because it's going to feel good there and then. But the long term problem with that is, of course, the health challenges that are going to come with that, the weight gain, the impact on your body, et cetera, et cetera. What I've learned over the years, which maybe I didn't feel so much when I was younger, is that relationships ultimately are compromise, right? You need to work and commit to meet in the middle. And the thing about long term commitment is that often you have to sacrifice the short term pleasure somewhat to build the long term. You can't just go out and sleep with every single person that you want to in the short term. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on that formula, whether it's far too simplified or whether actually at the core, you think that kind of that is what's happening.
1: I would agree with that. And I think a lot of people don't know how to create and maintain intimacy. And that is the problem. So one of the big reasons that I've seen there be infidelity in relationships with couples I've seen is they grow apart or there's just years of resentment because they don't know how to communicate to keep the intimacy and the closeness and that emotional connection alive. And when you don't know how to do that, you're left feeling very alone in the relationship. And then it's much easier to focus on your own needs when you're not feeling connected to your partner. Mm. And I think the formula was when your need for self gratification outweighs your need for intimacy. I think a lot of people don't even they've never had intimacy. They've never had true intimacy in their relationships. They're going through the motions. They love each other. But over time, you really need to know how to stay connected and work through
0: difficult periods or the intimacy is going to disappear. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I've actually got quite a funny story here, which is, so in my new relationship and with all the work I've done with you, with my other therapist, in therapy, coaching, et cetera, et cetera, I always said to myself that when I get in my next relationship, I'm going to do it right. Okay, and what I mean by right is by building a conscious partnership. So what that meant in my head was having check ins asking about how did you feel we were this week? What was your highlight? What was your low point? Just as an example, there's lots of different ways that you could do this. So I went out for dinner with my boyfriend in Mexico and we went to this such a nice restaurant. It was like the best sushi in Tulum. And I literally opened the conversation like two minutes in, so excited to have this conversation. I was like, So what did you think of this week? What was your favorite part? What was the worst part? What, what could I have done differently? He just like fully went silent. And I was like, wait, like, what What the fuck is going on here? This is supposed to be like a fun, like date night check-in. Anyway, when we finally spoke through things the next day, he said to me, like, I've never been in a relationship like this. I've never been in a relationship with a woman that asks me questions for the health of our relationship. He'd only ever been with women that would ask him questions if they wanted to criticize him or say, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. So he just had never experienced like this really healthy discussion. And I just think that's like a funny little side tangent there to be like, yeah, building intimacy is an active process, but it can be one that's so unusual if you haven't done it before. And then two days later, he turned around to me and said, oh, I just love that so much about you, like your ability to communicate and our ability to build this together. And so it was an amazing outcome in the end, but I just thought it was so interesting how in the beginning he was like, what the fuck is going on? Are these the kind of things that people need to be doing or what would you advise as a clinical psychologist?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think you can only know your partner to the degree you know yourself. So all of these episodes we do, all of the work that we talk about is about developing intimacy with yourself, really knowing yourself so you can get to know the internal world of your partner. That's not all you do. You have fun, you have experiences, you have a relationship, but emotional connection is what is going to keep the spark alive in your relationship. As a psychologist who has worked with so many couples over the last 20 years, it's important to have these difficult conversations and it's important to stay curious about your partner. What's going on with them internally? How are they feeling about work, about life, about the relationship and being able to hear feedback that may not be so great sometimes. If you're asking the questions, you need to be open to hearing that feedback. And when you develop a relationship where you can have these really honest, loving conversations, you're just going to get close. But a lot of people don't have these conversations.
0: Yeah, I think it's so fascinating what you said about stay curious. And that for me is like a really gem piece of information here. Okay, yes, we need to stay curious about our emotions, how we're growing as a partnership, how we feel about each other on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, because of course, our emotional connection will change depending on what is going on in the outer world. But I also think that when you say stay curious, I also think about in the bedroom, which brings me to the topic of physical intimacy here. So I read this morning that It's thought that only one in 10 cases of infidelity actually end up in a fully fledged relationship. And I thought, okay, yeah, you are trying to get something outside of you or your relationship that you are not getting within it. But it's not necessarily that you're doing it because of the other person. And I think that this is something that I've experienced personally, which is that when I used to cheat when I was younger, when I was a troubled young adult who hadn't gone to therapy, hadn't done the work, it was never about them. It was always about me or something they were providing me. And I guess I'd love your thoughts on that. Do you actually see that people being unfaithful is not often about the person that they sleep with? It's actually about something bigger. Oh, absolutely.
1: And if you go back to that list, I know one of the things on that list was anger. So people cheat if they're feeling like they're not getting their needs met or they're getting the attention they want. So they cheat out of revenge. Self-esteem was on that list. A lot of people cheat to feel better about themselves. Instead of exploring why do I feel not worthy or like I'm not enough, they just go seeking that external validation from somebody else. And it's very rarely about the other person. It may be about a lack of intimacy or a lack of sex, but a lot of times people cheat to try to make themselves feel better. And they're not doing that consciously. But for instance, when you used to cheat, I'm guessing that it gave you this sense of validation and power. You had attraction from another man and that was a way that you felt you could take control or be powerful and get that validation. But it's short-term gratification it doesn't change anything it doesn't heal anything and you're going to continue to need that in order to feel good so eventually people who cheat to feel better in the relationship are going to realize that doesn't correct the issue
0: which again just ties back to the communication issue which is that if you are trying to cheat or if you are cheating to get something from outside of the relationship to make you feel better That's never, ever going to do it because no external source could ever impact the way that your relationship makes you feel. Which I think, again, ties back to that communication point, which is, how do you feel? How do you feel about me physically? How do you feel about me emotionally? How do you feel that our intimate sex life is? I just think there's so many things that aren't discussed by so many couples today. And I've seen it happening around me. Like Things just escalate and escalate to the point that then someone's having a full-blown affair, And they didn't even really mean to do that, which sounds really stupid because of course they meant to do it. But it was like, maybe it just started out as like a niggle in their relationship. And then it was like, oh, in these small moments, this other person or doing this makes me feel better. And then it's like that cyclone almost starts to increase in speed and power. And then I'm cheating on you. I'm having a full blown affair. And I think that again, it ties back to communication. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I've already had this discussion with my partner and I think that for him, I don't think he was worried that I basically said I used to be a cheater because like we also discussed in episode 10, if someone has cheated before in another relationship, if they are doing the work, can take responsibility for that, acknowledge why they did it and what they have done since to ensure they won't do it again, then I think that you can have some clarity, comfort and safety in the fact that, okay, this person is working on those cycles, just like me. So to him, we had this discussion where we both agreed that if at any point, because we are in a long distance relationship now, if at any point, one of us feels anything about inclined to do this or inclined to do that, we're thinking way far ahead here. Like, I don't think this is something that we're going to experience, but even just having the conversation, I think is such an important thing because I feel comfort knowing that if, my boyfriend ever wants to cheat on me that hopefully he'll just have that conversation with me before and we can navigate it together. And I guess my question for you is, do people just not have those conversations because like you said, they're just difficult conversations. So people don't have them and then they end up being unfaithful and then everything blows up.
1: Yeah. I don't think most people have those conversations and it's really important I think for couples to talk about what are our boundaries. Right? Because there are different types of cheating. There's having sex and then there's having emotional affairs. And if if you're not clear as a couple on what those boundaries are, it's really easy to end up in situations that can lead inadvertently to feeling emotionally connected to someone other than your partner, like of the, which can lead to sex. And I think it's important for both people to be committed to staying out of those situations if that is your agreement. So for instance if your partner starts hanging out with a female coworker at work and it's making you feel uncomfortable, you guys need to talk about that. And if your partner continues to do that, what need is is he getting met? through that relationship. And is he willing to talk about that? Is he willing to empathize with your feelings? Because there's very slippery slopes. And so couples need to talk about how do we feel about going out to dinner alone with the opposite sex? Or there's a difference between like lifelong friends that you come into the relationship with and then making friends while you're inside of the relationship. And I see that a lot. And people don't know how to navigate that.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that because I think that this is also a situation that I have gone through recently, which I was not planning on sharing. And I think my poor boyfriend must think, oh my God, Mm. is there anything... (laughs) in this relationship that she's not going to discuss on the down podcast. The first thing I have to say on it is that (laughs) our relationship is content at this point. So we actually have had this discussion around boundaries, which I think is so interesting again, because you and I haven't spoken about this. So it wasn't something that I learned from you. And then I went away and said, okay, I'm going to put these boundaries in place. I think that again, without being like, woo, I'm doing everything right, because guys, I have done so many years of doing everything wrong, so please don't think I'm here pious and angelic, like getting it all right. I'm not, I'm just committed to doing the best job that I can do. But I sat down with him and said, okay, I wanna have a conversation with you about exactly this. So he works at a hotel in Tulum, one of the best hotels, super high-end, Lots of very beautiful girls coming in, celebrities, Instagram influencers, all of this. And there were people that maybe he would message and invite to a party because they host parties and events. And I said, look, I just want to talk to you about this because I just want to know where the boundaries are. Like, do you talk to people that you meet there? Blah, blah, blah. And we had a great conversation. We had exactly this conversation around like, if they're friends that came into us in the relationship, then that's great. No need to explain them, I guess, unless there's some kind of sexual history there, but we didn't have that in any of our close friends. And then we basically concluded that we didn't put hard and fast rules in place, but we just have agreed to go with this general rule, which is that if at any point, like the other one was to find out what we had done or what have been said, just how would it make the other person feel? And we both just made a commitment to just never putting ourselves in situations that could inadvertently hurt the other person. And now that's something that I have to be really careful with because I am talkative and friendly and confident. What I have learned is that I often can give men the wrong impression just by talking to them. I'll smile at them in a coffee shop, make friends with them because I just talk to everyone. And then later they've added me on Instagram or they found me on Instagram. I haven't given them my Instagram handle, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I love this discussion around boundaries because it's made me feel much better going into a long distance relationship knowing, great, we've had this discussion. I know that he's not going to be doing this. I'm not going to be doing this. And ties back to the point of communication again. So at what point do you think it's a reasonable or recommended or good idea to start to discuss these boundaries? And how can you start these conversations without looking jealous, possessive? Is there a way that you can approach it in a more healthy way, I guess?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule about timing. I think you can trust yourself. Sometimes situations come up and that's a good entry point for having these conversations. Maybe something happened that is making you feel a little uncomfortable or questioning things. You can say, I'm curious what your feelings are about like boundaries and how you would feel if I like met somebody randomly at work and we went out to lunch together. You could ask that way, see what they think. And then you could share what you feel, just like you and your boyfriend did. It's not like you're laying down the law, but you are opening up the conversation and you need to be honest about what makes you comfortable, what makes you uncomfortable. I think what's really important too is hearing you talk about your boyfriend, what comes to to mind is that there's trust there. And communication is key, but without trust, you cannot build and develop a relationship. And so if you have difficulty trusting because of past experience, A, you need to look at that, but B, you also need to examine whether you're continuing to choose partners who maybe make you question and you don't feel like you can trust. Because ultimately you can't stop somebody from cheating. You can't put all of these rules in place. You can't follow them around. Both people need to feel free to express who they are in the world. And both people need to trust each other that they're not gonna do anything that hurts or damages the relationship that is disrespectful to the relationship. And beyond that, there's not a lot you can do. And so that's what I want people to know too. I've worked with so many clients who are just so suspicious for good reason. There are things that are happening that the partner is denying or avoiding or minimizing. That is not the recipe for a healthy relationship. Mm. So there has to be trust, but you also have to be with someone who is earning your trust and who is trustworthy.
0: Love that. We can almost summarize the formula for cheating that we discussed at the beginning of the episode. Is when a need for self-gratification and pleasure is greater than a need for intimacy and then also what you've just said there is like the way to combat cheating is communication plus trust plus maybe self-awareness because i think also now we can maybe go into talking about things like self-awareness around anger self-esteem lack of love situation etc etc because without a self-awareness around them, you will continue to repeat the same cycles. And I think that that's one of the things that I found hardest when I was much younger was that I would always say, I'm not a cheat. Like I'm not a cheat. I guess my summary is I didn't mean to do the things that I did, but I didn't have any self-awareness around why I did them. So I ended up in these cycles where I would do it. I would then hide it, Because I was like sober and I was like, oh shit, what have I done? I want to be with my boyfriend and I'm going to just push this under the rug. But then the same cycle would repeat. So let's just talk a bit about self-awareness and situation and circumstance first of all. So for me, I don't drink now, which is like another reason that I feel like my partners can really, really trust me because I never end up in those really stupid drunken, no inhibition states. And that makes me feel good knowing I do not put myself actively in situations or circumstances that might increase the likelihood of this happening. Now, I'm not saying to people stop drinking, but I do think that if you do have a bad relationship with alcohol, that can be something that you could bring some self-awareness to. And I wanted to ask you, so my boyfriend was reading like a psychology journal and he was saying to me how you are always at some point in your life going to come into contact with someone you find attractive. Just because you commit to a relationship doesn't mean that every single other person in the world turns into Shrek. We know that that is not true. And he said that the study said that as soon as you acknowledge that you have even the smallest attraction curiosity interest in someone that as a commitment to your partnership you should stop it dead straight away and just say to them even actively i'm really sorry or i don't know i'm going to ask you how should you communicate this but basically i'm sorry i can't engage this with you so What are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like that's so interesting to avoid the situation where one glance turns into one text, one text turns into one, let's meet for at this party. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: I 100% agree. And I think that's what it takes for people, if they're wanting to be monogamous, to keep the intimacy in their relationship. And I agree because We know when we meet someone, if there is that attraction there, and if we're not willing to acknowledge that and stop that, every time we hang out with that person, we're getting a certain need of ours met. It's that short-term gratification, and it is likely to lead to something, even if it's not cheating. And it's not something your partner would be comfortable with. It's not something that would help the relationship. It's all about you saying no to that short-term gratification to stay committed, loyal, to the relationship and know that you're fostering health in the relationship. A lot of people will not do that. And that's why you need to choose people who are honest, accountable, self-aware and
0: willing to stay committed. Yeah. I have a story here, which I'm not entirely sure is appropriate for me to share. But when I was single, I started talking to this guy. (laughs) I've known him a very long time, but he lives in another country. So Never seen him since I was a kid. We reconnected. We just clicked. I can't even tell you. It was just like a click, chemistry, such good conversation. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Anyway, like two days into talking, he said, I have to tell you something. I have a girlfriend. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is wrong with men? Sorry. I was just like this is mentor. And also I was like, oh, I finally found someone that I was like really excited by. Anyway, so we stopped talking, but every so often he will still message me. And I did respond like maybe six months ago. He asked me a question and I responded. I can't remember why. And then basically he said, oh yeah, I got engaged. And I just thought to myself, if you just got engaged, why are you messaging me? Like, why are you messaging me? And I don't really know what My question here is for you, but I think it's that who are these men or women when they maybe don't have a personality disorder or a personality trait like narcissism or sociopathy, but is it just that short-term gratification, like the adrenaline, the dopamine hit, and they are not basically saying, they're not putting a boundary in place, so they just let it happen. Is that what's going on there? Yes. Yeah, it's a lack of maturity,
1: the lack of emotional maturity. It's a lack of empathy for their partner, considering how would my fiance feel about the fact that I'm messaging Louise. It's a lack of accountability and it's hiding shit. I'm sure he wasn't telling his fiance that he was messaging you and that there was this Obviously, you guys had a connection and an attraction. And that's just not cool. It's not okay. It's not what you want to know. And what we've been talking about is knowing that if you want to be in a committed, happy, healthy, long-term relationship, you're going to need to set some boundaries that means you're not going to get all of your short-term gratification needs met.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what I'm learning as I get older, is that a relationship is a commitment and often a compromise. And I think that you just have to commit to saying... I am not going to engage in this behavior. Because if you are not of the personality trait category, it is a choice. It's a choice for them as well, but it's a totally different choice because they don't feel that the same repercussions that perhaps we do as people that are not narcissists or sociopaths. It is a commitment really to a bigger purpose and a bigger, I guess, union. And I think that I have another question here, which is interesting. And I don't know if you're going to have an answer for it, but. On TikTok, a lot of people are saying that Embrata's husband basically was cheating on her because of insecurity. And I want to dig into this a bit because you actually mentioned this earlier in the episode. And people are saying it doesn't matter that he has the most beautiful, successful wife, but that actually triggers either some power play in him. that He feels like, OK, I've got you, so now I can get anyone or it triggers an insecurity inside of you. I'd love to know your thoughts on men or women cheating out of either power or insecurity. I think both happen, but really the way I
1: feel about it is it doesn't matter. I don't want people wasting their time trying to understand why someone treated them bad. It doesn't matter. And a lot of times we get hung up on like, how could they treat me this way? How could they do this? When in reality, what we should be focusing on is the behavior and moving on. Could, could have been either of those things, but you know what it probably was? He was with somebody when he met her. So am I surprised that he cheated on her? Hell no. It's a pattern of behavior. And this is also what I want people to know. If you meet someone and they're with somebody and they leave that person for you, guess what? They've shown you what they're capable of, and it is very likely they're going to do the same thing to you. A lot of people think, oh, I can change him, or this is different. No, people show you what they're capable of and how much integrity they have by how they handle that situation.
0: Yeah, that's the question I was just about to ask you, was let's discuss the fact that he was with someone else before he was with her, and does that situation, if we extrapolate it, does that lead to an increased propensity for him doing it again? And I think that what you've answered there is a point that we've spoken about often on the podcast before, these behavioral cycles. You could potentially cheat on someone once, and it could be the worst thing that you've ever done, the guilt that you are racked with, the damage that you are done. You realize, how did I end up here? What was I doing? What was I thinking? What have I risked? Et cetera, et cetera. Or on the other end of the spectrum and scale are these repeated behavioral traits and patterns. And I think that is a really, really important point for this episode is what do you know about your partner before you met them? How did you meet them? What would their previous partner say about them as being maybe the cycle's? that came up for them. And another question I have for okay. you is that I also read that often cheating or infidelity can happen or occur when there's a lack of boundaries in a relationship. If the partner knows that they're pushing and pushing, then they know that probably they can get away with being unfaithful. What are your thoughts around boundaries and what sort of boundaries do we need to be putting in place and what conversations would you be advise us to be having really? Boundaries teach
1: people how to treat us. They teach people what we'll tolerate and what we won't tolerate. If our partner knows we don't have any boundaries and they can do what they want and they know that because let's say they treat you badly or they cheat and you stick around. You stay in the relationship. Guess what? you're teaching them that they can get away with it. So they're likely to do it again. And so it's really important for people to take a look at their own ability to set healthy boundaries. Do they even know what their own boundaries are? Are they able to walk away from something that is disrespectful or hurtful? Are they able to set boundaries and hold boundaries, which says like the conversation you and your boyfriend are having, people can have that conversation. But then if somebody crosses the line, then what happens? A lot of times people say they set a boundary, like if this happens again, I'm going to leave. But guess what? When it happens again, they don't leave. And so sometimes the question isn't how do I get this person to
0: be faithful to me, but why do I keep allowing people to treat me this way? We have a very close family friend and she actually listens to this podcast. So I should just preface this with love and affection. Horrendous Narcissistic ex husband has just cheated on her repeatedly for 15 years. And it's horrendous, the stuff he's done. But also, she was still there. She always came back. So it's that really difficult thing, which is, ah, that's so bad what's happened Mm -hmm. to you. But also, if you tolerate it, you are subconsciously saying, it's okay. I'm going to cause a lot of hell about this. But actually, deep down, I accept it because I haven't walked out the door. Absolutely. Yeah. And instead of
1: trying to control someone else's behavior, the most powerful thing we can do is start looking at ourselves and why we continue to tolerate somebody hurting us or betraying us like that. We have the power, right? We have the power to set boundaries and where we set boundaries determines the level of joy and
0: peace. We'll do some work and some episodes and hopefully when all of our amazing workshops and courses launch, I think we will do some stuff on boundaries. And also what came to me during this session is that I think we should also be looking to guide people to have the difficult discussions. So maybe Dr. Terry and I will look at putting together either PDFs, audio recordings or workshops or very short form courses that literally step by step give you everything you need So you can sit down with your partner and say, "Okay, I want to talk about this because I see one of the biggest challenges in today's world being that people just do not have the words to approach these situations. So when they sit down, they either clam up and you don't get to the end goal or it ends up coming out aggressive, passive aggressive, suggesting that they've done something wrong. And then actually what was supposed to be a really healthy discussion a bit like my sushi dinner was supposed to just be some really juicy intimate like relationship chat but because maybe even then I didn't preface it with I'm so excited to have this discussion with you this is a way that we can like nurture our relationship and make it deeper etc etc because I didn't do that we ended up eating sushi in silence for half an hour so I think that we should definitely do some stuff to just help guide people on these more tricky situations Absolutely. I agree. So often
1: when I'm talking with someone, they're like, wait, 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 wait and they get out their pen and paper, their phone, and they write, they want me to say it again so they can write it out exactly the way I
0: said it. (laughs) I think so too. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for listening again. The podcast is going from strength to strength. So if you are new here, we are so grateful. And if you are a long time listener, we cannot thank you enough for your support and for being on this journey with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share to social media and also be sure to review us on Apple and spotify so we can get this incredible advice from clinical psychologist dr terry out to so many people that might not be able to make it into a traditional one-on-one therapy setting so as ever dr terry thank you so much i will speak to you very very soon and i love you lots thank you louise love you too